welcome back guys to another episode of the Teacher's Lounge where today we're going to be discussing um, do schools prepare children for the real world? Now before we start I'd like to say a massive thank you to everybody that supported us on YouTube and on the podcast um, platforms. We've had loads and loads of positive comments. Um, it's only been on one week and I can't believe we're over about 5,000 views now on YouTube and we've had loads of hits on the podcast streaming sites. So what better to start us off with our second episode? We've got a fabulous guest on today, and he is a professional photographer, entrepreneur, self-taught. It is the fabulous Mr. Bradley Carr. How are you, sir? Thank you, Christian. <laughs> uh, yeah, very good. Thank you. Uh, I've been outdoors today, so I'm feeling uh, pretty good, pretty connected. Uh, I've had my feet in the grass and uh, drinking coffee, so I'm, I'm all good, yeah. Your lovely green tea as well. Absolutely. So it's bringing me right into the moment. <laughs> So, so um, I want to start. Let's go. Let's go back to the beginning. Yeah, um, in the beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> because we eventually want to get to, um, you know, our kids prepared for the real world. And you've yeah. been very successful. Um, you know, I'm sure I've seen you've produced calendars. I saw. Didn't you make uh, produce a book? Um, yeah, with a year Snowdonia. amongst trees. Oh, yeah, the trees. Didn't you do trees, something with, yeah. with Snowdonia as well? Uh, Blogs, articles. I've written for magazine, for outdoor photography magazine. That was Amazing. the Snowdonia. Yeah. And Shropshire as well. On location, they did like a coverage of the parks. Amazing. And um, more recently, you've created a podcast. Indeed. Which, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. But like I said, let's take it back to the beginning because you are you are obviously successful. Um, you're self-taught. You've made it. So let's go back to your education, your experiences. And I want to know, was it a positive experience um, in general? And if so, or was what school? Yeah, your, your school life, your, your general experience for school, was it positive? And did it help you get to where you are now? Hmm. <laughs> this could go very deep, couldn't it, into... Um, psychology positive negatives i mean because there's pros and cons positive negatives for everything right and i think photography has really helped to teach me that so um overall i'd say school life was pushing more towards the positive side like the social aspect the social aspect the teachers i had a lot of um love for for lots of my teachers i was never a child who really got into lots of trouble there are a few occasional incidents where i would and um i tended to stay on the right side of teachers because i had respect for for them because they were helping me along so i mean along with everything in life i took good and bad away from school so there was some kind of adversity of course in terms of um i guess uh maybe some bullying. I was a very small child. So um, I tended to stay on the outskirts of groups a lot of the time and felt kind of like, you know, occasionally picked on for being small and being, you know, frail, hence the body bunning journey. You've got a good bit I, of muscle on you now. Yeah, though. yeah. Well, that's another story altogether, isn't it? The, <laughs> the, the journey into bodybuilding. But um, I guess the foundations were laid in school. Um, in terms of what I learned, um, I, do, I don't think... Um, I learned a great deal generally that has helped me to get to where I am in terms of business, entrepreneurship, creativity. Um, feel like my creative journey started outside of school. Okay. So let's pause there. So yeah, when you, when you left school, you, you had no intention of becoming a photographer. No. I had no idea. I didn't know what photography was when I left school. I just passively looked through magazines, newspapers, and the photos were just what they were. I didn't know. So when you left school, on a scale of one to 10, where would you say your creativity was when you left school? Probably at about three, yeah. three out of 10. I, if you want me to elaborate a little yeah, bit yeah, on yeah. that. So... In year 10, years 10 and 11, no, year 10, I, no, year nine, graphic design, GCSE. Um, I, I kind of uh, studied that topic, but the penny never really dropped with me in that. I enjoyed it for what I, what I was 
kind of learning and being able to express, but I didn't think much deeper beyond beyond what it was teaching me or anything like that. And I don't feel like my teacher at the time really paid too much attention, kind of felt a little bit like um, maybe he was away and just there to teach, not necessarily to pick up on students' creative abilities. Because in that topic, I was, I remember creating something and I loved it. We did a, it's like a DVD cover. Uh, we designed it and and I got fully immersed in it. But I was young and I didn't really have the self-awareness to know that, oh, maybe I'm creative. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if a teacher had have put his arm around me and said, you're really going somewhere with this. You're really good at this. Why not pursue it a little bit further? And was that in high school? That was high school. Because that's interesting because that sounds quite simple, doesn't it? Make a DVD cover. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking now in primary school, we do way more I would say creative and um, more entrepreneurial things okay. um, compared to when we were in school. Um, yeah, it, make a DVD cover. Yeah, it's just not a lot, not a lot there to to push you to to be more creative or or inspire you. Really, it's about that inspiration, isn't it? To try and get you to think outside the box. Did you find yeah. it quite conformative? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, school. <laughs> I could go on for quite a long time about <laughs> about this and the way the world is shaped, which the foundations are formed in school, right? So I, I don't feel like um, free thinking was encouraged, yeah, to agree. be honest, yeah. back in school. It's kind of, you sit in the classroom, you fold your arms, you cross your legs and you know put your hand up to speak. And I don't necessarily agree with those ways. Um, they set us up for what potentially businesses corporations world leaders would want us to do which would be to kind of march in this order and stay in the line and don't venture off to go and yeah, don't rock the boat don't rock the boat yeah put you know say yes and and don't ask any questions but i've always been a questioner i've always wanted to know a bit more why why am i listening to this person what what are they kind of teaching me more consciously in adult life back in primary school i mean you remember me back in probably year four year five year yeah, six yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah very um quiet timid shy so like a lot of this was going on in the back of my mind but i would never have really had the confidence to i was gonna say did you know that you were like that and that you wanted that was you naturally and then therefore did you put like a front on or did that only come later on or did i know i was like what shy and more introvert no did you did you always know that you were like a, th a free thinker and you like to ask questions but then you, you tried to keep it back because yeah. of like the conformatism in school yeah. that you felt and not just in school but home as well home life was very disciplined my mum my was quite a disciplinarian because mm. of what she knew uh, so i feel like it was kind of i was prevented from expressing those things so i just decided to stay maybe a little bit quieter and not express my truth quote unquote yeah. hence the photography the creativity has kind of given me that voice to express a little bit more does that kind of answer yeah 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 great so obviously you've gone through school um not felt uh, like you've had a massive amount of creativity or creative mm -hmm. input from people um talk to me when was when was the moment that you that something a light bulb moment when was the moment that you thought do you know what i i want to change i want to be this person that i feel like i am yeah so i was talking about this yesterday on my own podcast actually it's really interesting that you asked that question so back in 2018 uh have my first heartbreak girl broke up with me and i was kind of like wow is it me who am i <laughs> yeah absolutely you know what have I done wrong? Because I think we all have this tendency to blame ourselves generally, right? And I certainly, um, it's my best and my worst kind of trait, I think, is the self-criticism yeah. that drives me on, but also sends me into that place of what the hell have I done wrong? Yeah, it's yeah. gaining responsibility. So I took full responsibility for that. And um, I basically started to analyze my life where I was at the time and I was working in a, um, a supermarket stacking shelves in my mid-20s and I, I just remember feeling very lost I was in my bedroom and I was crying my eyes out 
because I had this heartbreak and I had this, I was looking at my life thinking, I'm, I'm not a man. I'm not taking responsibility for my life. Um, and I picked the, the camera up on my phone one day, turned it to selfie mode and, and took a picture of myself in my bedroom. And I s said, I'm going to take responsibility and start telling this world a story. And I uploaded that picture to Instagram uh, under the alias Brad Carbs. Yeah, I'm sure you remember the Carbs. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that basically started this journey inwards to figure myself out. So I wanted to inspire the world a little bit and start documenting. So my creativity, although very unconscious at the time, began then yeah, because I was, finding it. I was taking pictures. Yeah. I was unearthing it. I didn't know it, what it was. And I had this urge to create. I had the urge to tell a story. And it would just snowboard from there. But that was the definitive moment, that selfie that I put to the internet and said, I'm going to tell a story. And then snowball, snowball, snowball. It's been building since, really. Love that. So the other thing I want to know is, obviously, you are a professional photographer now. And I would class you as an entrepreneur. You are successful and you've acquired many skills um, for life, for photography. And obviously in school, there's a big debate going on at the moment that children, we, we send children out from primary school and then from high school and they don't have these life skills. Um, so number one, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I want When you left school, did you feel like you, you had adequate life skills for the big bad world? But then question two, when you went on this journey of self-learning, and you acquired all these skills. What skills did you find really useful? Did you acquire? But also, did you find that finding that you know inner peace and and those those skills of self helped you in society as well? So, answer to the first question, as you know, is no. Don't feel at all like I was set up for life. Was I set up to go and work a job in a company? Absolutely, because I would probably just do what I was told and yeah, what I yeah. felt like I needed to do. Yeah. Um, in terms of the, did you say, um, the, what skills have I learned since? Yeah. Yeah. Oof. So when you went on that, when you went on that journey of, right, I'm going to be a photographer now, yeah. you've obviously learned lots of photography skills, but you also do a lot of mindfulness things, um, like meditation and yeah. getting to know you as a yeah. person. Um, Tell me what skills yeah. have you found really helpful and have any of them helped you in, in the world, really? The skill of learning how to think, mm. learning what to think. And I think those are probably born in my journal. So the skill of critical thinking born in, in the, those moments before the world wakes up when I would get up at 6, 6.30 in the morning, sit down, blank page, who am I? What am I going to do? Yeah. And I feel like in schools, perhaps that skill could be taught earlier on where kids are encouraged to go and be alone for a while. Maybe mm. if it's 10 minutes of just sitting and self-reflecting, talking about how are you feeling? What's on your mind? How could tomorrow be better than today, for example? And th these are all things that I've, you know, been doing for on and off for six years now. So I think the skill of that has helped me to get to know myself, whether that's my true self or the self that I've kind of built based upon who do I want to be tomorrow? Who am I today versus who do I want to be tomorrow? I also think the skill of um, probably listening, observing, and answering what's within us, if, if you'd call that a skill, listening to yourself. Um, definitely up there with my my kind of top skills I'd also say curiosity is huge and it's the thing the probably the one thing that's got me to where I am now based on the start of that that journey so that's something that can be trained as well I love the um, there's stories of Leonardo da Vinci have you ever read about da Vinci Oh, that man was an absolute genius based on his ability to um, self-reflect. He was a journaler as well. 
And he used to like um, give himself little assignments in his journal just to train his curiosity muscle, treat it like a muscle, like we're training the gym. He's training himself to be curious, whether it's just asking a question to somebody throughout the day, right? A different question to train that kind of just, I want to learn something. So I'm going to go and ask and not be ashamed to do it. So curiosity leads to thinking, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, so one thing that we find really difficult and I was listening to episode one of your podcast and you had, there's a little snippet in there where you mentioned technology and AI. And I thought, oh, that was very interesting because obviously this is leaking into the classroom. So it's, you were saying, you know, kids need to, need to be mindful and present. How hard, how hard do you think it is for, for kids now at the moment to do, especially what you're doing with the amount of technology? Like, do you think it's a hindrance? Do you think it's, it, it's, it can be used for good? <laughs> Again, good and bad, right? Depending on who, whose hands it's in. And then what is good and bad as well. It's deep, isn't it? Um, I think it's no doubt helping humans to evolve, right? Quickly. But is, is it taken away from the skill of being a human and being able to think? Is it doing the thinking for us? Yeah. And is it doing the doing for us? And what implications is that going to have in the future for human development because are we just going to be so reliant i mean in some ways we are look at how much technology we've got around here now to make this possible yeah. great that we can put out into the world but also could we be out there talking to in front of people in a live situation rather than recording this and also on screen? just little things like if we go somewhere with the kids and you know obviously they don't have phones with them or yeah. tablets you know we're on a school trip and we say, oh, you know, look at the map yeah. and follow the map. Not a clue. And obviously we teach those skills in, in school to a degree, but with the curriculum ever changing, it's, it's like another thing that's, that's getting lost. Yes. And there's so many instances where you see the kids try and do something that we could do easily yeah. back in our day yeah. because we didn't have, you know, an iPhone when we were seven. <laughs> And yeah, they can't do it. And mm. then you think, oh my word, this this kid is, they, they can't even do this. And, you yeah. know, they might be in year six going to high school and, you know, you think they're going to be having a job soon and they can't even follow a map. You know, they can't even do something basic, which maybe we could do before because of the advances in technology. But then on the on the flip side, like you were saying before about you made a DVD cover, I know now the year threes and fours could whip up an amazing DVD yeah. cover, you know, using uh, some of the Adobe so software. So in, in that, that we way, have. the level of creativity has potentially advanced. It's gone up, yeah. But then what, what about on the flip side of that is the level of knowledge of self decreasing? And what I mean by that is the increase in the level of usage of technology leading to a decrease in the level of observation about self and each other leading to further disconnection so on my podcast yesterday i talked a little bit about the community aspect that i'm trying to build in terms of people who have used nature and used the observation of nature and the observation of self as a kind of healing journey to learn about themselves to heal the relationship with themselves so that other people might also be able to do that as well if i didn't have the level of introspection self-knowledge to do that then that wouldn't have been possible to so say for example a kid is now going outdoors and glued to a phone they're not paying attention to themselves and i feel like generally speaking humans are so disconnected from that within themselves because of the technological advancements so depression anxiety all, all this kind of stuff real world kind of issues now increasing potentially because of that very issue right so what implications might that have in the future mm. I, I was gonna flip a question actually and on you because you observe this with in the real world and, and we are on a i think the cusp of huge change and you're firsthand seeing these things so what what observations have you made in terms of the ai the technology that 
in how are kids relating to each other? How, how are mm. friendships forming? And you know, um, what what I find really interesting is socially, way more social anxiety, because even though these, you know, even though the platforms have age restrictions on, there's kids in in my class, you know, on Facebook and even Snapchat, TikTok, the works, and then that all gets brought into the classroom, and you have to sort that out. So that's something that we would never have in our school back in our day, you know, and that takes away from your teaching. Um, and then in terms of preparing them for the real world, they're a lot more, I feel like they're, they're savvier, mm. um, maybe because of technology and social media. Yeah. But then, like you were saying, a lot of them lack the skills, um, the personal skills, because they're either glued to devices or... Um, yeah, they don't go outside and play. Mm. Um, you know, they don't climb trees anymore. Mm. Um, all the things that we would do as kids, they don't do anymore. Mm. And what frustrates me as well is the curriculum. The curriculum is way more creative than it was when we were in school. And it's great. Like, I would love to be in school now. You know, if I had my time again, it's, it's great. There's so much creativity. Like we do photo in the Welsh Eisteddfod, there's photography competitions it's mm. great you know there's music um it there's everything you can think of um so for that bit absolutely amazing but then what i don't like is as a teacher we're put under these constraints to teach the curriculum mm. because the powers that be you know they want the data they want test results yeah. and we're told to teach in in a practical manner to, to increase engagement but then the poor kids are tested by old school sit down do a paper test yeah so it doesn't match up you know it'd be like saying practice to do the 100 meters but then you don't test me on the 100 meters it doesn't add up and then when the kids get older and and they go into the real world and in the community they, they don't have a clue, you know, about mortgages. They don't have a yeah. clue about loans, yeah. things you know, things that would <laughs> actually benefit them. Yeah, it would benefit the people. Yeah, exactly. Not... And then I think back to you and I think, w would you have maybe done your venture earlier if you had all the tools in place? You know, would you have maybe done something else or would it have sped your process up if you'd have had all these tools in your locker to be able to go and be successful and um i and i don't feel like kids have well we certainly didn't have many entrepreneurial skills taught to us you know how to be successful if you wanted to be self-employed or run a business yeah it was unheard of now it's better but i still feel like when the kids go out into the the big bad world they don't have a clue even you know high school aren't teaching them mortgages or you know they're, they're still doing you know the the pythagoras and yes. you know like when am i going to use that unless i'm going to be a math teacher or yeah. you know it's some en engineering or something very specific why not why don't we do something that's more general life skills but life incorporate skills. the curriculum and and, and 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 uh, we finish then sorry before i yeah 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 this is where I feel like it's very important within school systems that there are teachers that have this well-rounded approach to life too. Because as a kid, I look towards my teachers a lot more than teachers might ever know. I was a kid who needed guidance. I didn't really have a father figure around for a long time in my youth. So particularly a lot of the male teachers would be a place I'd look to for, for that support and direction in life so i feel like as as humans i mean we've all got a duty to kind of self-reflect to kind of become a bit more self-aware because that can also you're a leader in in a role as a teacher right so there might be a lot of restrictions in terms of what you can and can't teach but there's also freedom for you to stand up and i'm sure you're you're brilliant at it having known you as a person outside of school and this situation i am amazing for standing up and <laughs> taking a bit of responsibility and and positively influencing children on a 
an individual level yeah. and maybe paying a bit more attention to kids as individuals rather than oh, so as a class these days. Yeah, yeah. Because funny, <laughs> back again, back when we were in school, the, the relationship kids have now with teachers, it's crazy. It, I feel like they come to school and they, they're like your friends. Yeah, but there's, that, there's also that barrier that, you know, there's that line of respect. When we went to school, it was very much, you know, this person is in charge. Yeah. You speak when you're spoken to. Yeah. And you don't cross that line. And it's so different now. Really? That's, yeah, that's it's fascinating. So, it's so nice now. Kids come in, you know, and, and they'll come in in the morning and they'll want to have a conversation with you. I would never have thought going into school in primary school, like in year four with one of our teachers, I would never have gone in and gone, ah, oh, you're right. Mr. So-and-so, what have you been up to on the weekends? And the kids doing that? No. All the time. It's great. Yeah, yeah. That is, and that's the norm. That's the norm. It's so good. That's how much it's changed. Like the shift, the relationship between the teacher and the student is great. Really, really good. And then, like you said, you can get to know them way better as an individual and trying to promote whatever it is that, you know. Encourage in, them. Yeah, interest them. Yeah, because I, I think that is, that is huge. And especially for kids like myself who had, these you know um, parental limitations yeah no uh, no dad like i mentioned i'd have looked towards a teacher and and i feel like those kids are probably in every classroom right and and i definitely feel like those are the kids that need a bit more love arm around the shoulder and i love the teachers who would do that for me in school as well there were definitely a few that stood out to me that would recognize that within me and give me a bit of you know nurturing because i needed it right yeah yeah but like yeah times have changed for the good so much like yeah. funny story um in our primary school and you'll know you'll know who i'm talking about um, <laughs> name no names yeah <laughs> i'm not getting sued tell me afterwards yeah <laughs> the um our year five teacher obviously you weren't in my year but our year five teacher had an appointment and she said um headmaster's going to come in now have you for the rest of the afternoon so this would have been 1998, something like that. So <laughs> head teacher comes in, fag in his mouth, sits on the <laughs> desk at the front with his legs crossed, and he, and he just goes, right, got a couple of hours to kill now. Um, smoke going everywhere. No. And he goes, right, I'm, gonna, I'm going to say um, a date, a year, and... First one to put their hand up and tell me how old I would be if I was born on that date. So he literally sat there with a smoke in his hand, cigarette in his hand for two hours. Wow. And he just, and he just went 1982. And like kids were like, nervously putting their hand up. And like, I, and I distinctively remember because I wasn't the best at math at the time. And I distinctively remember going, I better put my hand up, otherwise I'm going to get an absolute rollicking. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was fierce. Just couldn't believe. And and now, like you sack straight away. Yeah. Well, one walking in the classroom with a cigarette, you're gone. Yeah. But thinking you can spend two hours just reeling off dates, teaching kids just telling me that ridiculous, yeah. unneeded so, knowledge. Yeah, but I'll never forget that. That's crazy. So, um, yeah, the next thing that really intrigues me that. I think you'd be a good person to ask, hence why you're on, on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what, I, what I'd like to ask you is, so you're very creative. Do you think creativity is innately nurture or nature? What, on the old nurture-nature <laughs> debate. Mm, wow. Because obviously you said you, you left, school being like a three now you're probably like a nine or a ten because you're you are very creative so that's a massive amount of self-nurturing or was it already there to begin with i think and you've just brought it out yeah this is deep this is a really deep topic um i think everything's there i don't feel like creativity is so um, innately ingrained in us that it can't be accessed if it's not there everyone's got the capacity to be a creative person but I feel like I feel like true genius in creativity is generally born in people 
not born in people, but developed in people who have faced adversity, trauma, and had chemical imbalances created in their brain through these things. And you might say that that is formed in the womb because I don't know what you know about sound frequencies and sound waves. <laughs> what, in the womb? Yes. Um, well, I know we, when we had our children, we were encouraged to play classical music, yes. read to them. Obviously, they, they will recognize your voice, yes. things like that. Do you, do you know why that is? Because, no, no. because sound creates, right? So if you go as far back as the Bible, God spoke and there was. That's because sound creates. Sound has like healing properties. So in the womb, we're in water. We're in a body of water. Water um, transports sound at... I can't remember the statistic, but at certain times, normal. Yeah, so, that, so yeah, like amplifies, isn't it? Amplifies. You, you can hear like whale whales calls from miles, can't you? Yeah. If it's the right frequency for us to hear, but whales can hear it for miles. And Absolutely. Miles, yeah. So within a womb, say say you've got a peaceful, joyful, happy, loving household. Parents are speaking with love to each other. Um, you're adopting all of those already as a fetus. The opposite also exists if you've got people who are shouting, screaming, if you've got loud noises, if you've got people spreading hate. Words are energy, so we feel all of these things without knowing. There was an experiment done with three um, jars of rice, rice and water. Uh, I can't remember when it was, back in the 1970s. Um, somebody spoke positive, loving words to the one jar of water. They spoke hatred and you know anger and in the tone of voice this was all coming out to the other and one they met with silence the first one fermented beautifully gave off this aroma and kind of blossomed into this you know just beauty because it was that's what it was receiving in the next jar hate kind of molded and and didn't turn out very you know nice it adopted what it received silent the, the silent treatment one was actually the worst because it was receiving no feedback just absolutely nothing it needs sound to have something happen to it so what i'm saying is with this i know I kind of veered way off but i'm coming back to the fact that there are things in our nature which also have nurture as well in that kind of strange concept right so <laughs> lost my trailer thought a little bit with where i'm going to take <laughs> this to be quite honest but um i feel like with myself with the adversity that I faced I just learned to access what was already in me and then nurture it as well and encourage it and learn about it and just help it to develop which I feel like we can all do with each other especially with kids trained creativity yeah so that's encouraging because every child then that is you know taught to be creative has a chance and yeah, can therefore go out into the world and you know make yeah. a life for themselves or a path for themselves. Yeah, and just going back, um, if we were to decide and admit that things are just nature, doesn't that make us lose our power as humans to decide? If if you hear so many people say, "Oh, I'm not creative. I'm not this. I'm not that," limiting what they are and also limiting what they potentially can be so by kind of understanding that we can nurture anything if we believe yeah, in mindset our, mindset yeah yeah so that's another really big thing at the moment which we never had in school hmm. but it's massive at the moment really yes yeah, so we've got posters up there change your mindset so it says um yeah so it, it's all about when you have a negative thought yeah to flip it so it says i just can't do this but then the alternate is, well, I'm going to try something different, a different strategy. Or instead of saying, um, I'll never do it, it's too hard. You need to then say, this may take some time and effort. Yeah. So it's, it is that mindset, I love that. isn't it? Yeah. I love the yet word. Yeah. I can't do that. But just yet. simply adding yet on yeah, the end. Yeah. And, and that's training your mind, isn't it? To never be limited. And I feel like limiting beliefs and things are projected onto us based upon what other people feel. Yeah, so they're not necessarily ours. That's also a result of nurture. So we need to be very careful with accepting these things. For example, when I picked the camera up um, back in when I was employed in the um, in the industry I was in before, 
I said to somebody because I had this thing and I loved it. I was running away with myself, taking pictures every weekend. And I proclaimed one morning, I'm a photographer. He looked at me, he goes, you're not a photographer. Just because you're taking pictures, you think you're a photographer. And I kind of accepted his words. And, yeah, you, like you needed some piece of paper that was certified. Exactly. Yeah. What is a photographer? I take pictures. And if I want to be something, I'm going to be it. So we, I could have taken that deeply on board and decided, oh, no, I'm never a photographer. But look now, I'm, I am a photographer. And by the, his definition, look at me now. I, yeah, <laughs> by his definition, I would now be a, what he classes as a photographer. Yeah, 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 I love that. And then talking more about mindset, yeah. talk us through your journey. So you've gone on this photography journey, self-learning, and we'll talk a bit more about you now. Um, tell us about the challenges that you faced and how maybe you've had to dig deep, you know, mindset or any reserves, things like that. So I bet it wasn't easy. Mm. The challenges that I've faced in terms of overcoming my mindset. Yeah, and, and like you're like you're successful. So to get to the stage that you are today, you know, you've you've done your calendars, you've had that amazing book about trees that was published, you've got your podcast. Were there times along the way where, you know, you've had doors closed and you've gone, Oh, and it was easy to go, Oh, well, I'm not gonna pursue that. Yes. In the earliest days, yes. A no was a no, a no was a rejection. I've never liked rejection too much. Yeah. So a no was, you know, I'd take it personally and maybe wouldn't follow it through and go and try again. But now I love the idea that I'm collecting these no's as a way of learning and the success. I, I don't personally believe I've been too successful at the moment. I've got things like classes, successes, of course. But would I say I'm successful? No, because I... I strive and, and I love this idea of collecting these failures as lessons to continue. But that's been a whole learning process in itself because, you know, if I was a kid and I got told no, oh my God, I'd have been so self-critical, so in my head, so self-destructive because it's a lot of what I learned from my parent parental figures as a child. So this has been a whole journey to overcome those things that I had within myself. So if we were to simplify it, the biggest challenge that I face would be myself and what I've, what I thought was me that I'm now having to learn actually wasn't me, but projections based upon other people's feelings. Um, it's very deep, isn't it? <laughs> um, but in terms of physical challenges, yeah, I, w I sometimes wake up and think, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And they, those phases come every so often I'm in the middle of one now where I'm feeling like I don't want to kind of continue the path I'm going on and I have to sit down and talk to myself and be like yes you do find your why again because I find it once now I need to go back and revisit it to remember what it is that I'm doing hence the podcasts that I've released and I'm continuing to work on to keep overcoming that fit that self-doubt that exists within us all that tells us sometimes to stop and Go back to the easy life, the comfortable life, sitting and playing computer games and, you know, whatever else I would do. It was really interesting hearing you say, you know, pulling in about your resilience. And I think then back into school and you were saying that you, you didn't like to be told no and that rejection. Yeah. I don't know if this is because of the pandemic, but I find kids at the moment, um, really struggle to be resilient mm -hmm. and even when they do their work i've got to remind them and say guys you're in school to learn like if if you knew everything you wouldn't be in school you like you have to make the mistake to learn and it's so hard for them to understand that and that's another thing that i think a lot of children when they get older and mature and they go out into the big bad world constructive criticism they find it so hard to deal with and that can really hinder people and it's really interesting to hear what you were saying that you, you're honest to yourself and you've had those difficult conversations but you have to have those difficult conversations to go forward and and to progress and here you are now you've got your podcast coming out so for the people listening or watching why why decide why did you decide to do your podcast 
because I found my voice and it's something I didn't have when I was young, I couldn't really open much up within myself. I had, I had all of this stuff going on in my home life, but I could never find it within myself to talk about these things. So they just stayed in. And I suppose the, the journey I've been on with the fitness has been a whole self-esteem building process. So you mentioned about kids maybe feeling like they're having hard times. That can make strong people sometimes, I feel. And I found my my strength through the difficulties. So the podcast really was born because I, <clears throat> excuse me, voice is breaking, <laughs> finally. <laughs> so the, the podcast was really born because um, my my artistic kind of journey had had gotten to such a point where I feel like I found what I wanted to say to the world. And although a photograph can say it in so many ways, <clears throat> I needed to get it out of Voice myself. What you wanted to say, yeah. Yes, because, because the photograph could be interpreted so many different ways. Yeah. And it's beautiful that some people want to interpret photographs in their own way. That's fine. They can do that. But I'm creating because I'm telling my story and I need to express what I'm saying because there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and in here I need to speak to to give some context around that and speaking like I said before sound creates so if I'm if I'm going to sit and just write the whole time I'm never speaking it and I feel like this needs to be spoken hence the the podcast and I also feel I've got I've got this story I've got my story Sometimes I get bored of telling my my story. I get bored of speaking about myself. I want to know about other people. Now I've done this work within myself because I've been to nature and nature's given me this space, almost like a therapist would, given me space to open up, to talk, to heal, to you know build that connection. Now I want to give that to other people as well and send it out like a ripple effect to give other people the space to come and talk to me and to find their own sense of what I've found within those conversations and then take it out into the world because I'm at the point now where, you know, I'm not a little boy anymore. I've got a sense of manhood and I need to start taking responsibility for doing a bit more in the world because the world can be a dire place sometimes when you focus too much on news headlines and what this company are doing to this company and, and all of this stuff that comes out. And I feel like now it's my time to take some responsibility and stand up and and be a man, hence the, the podcast. Podcast number one, I've got another one coming out soon. Oh, you've got another yeah, separate one? But that, we, won't, we won't talk about that one. I don't tend to talk too much oh, about... Top secret. Yeah, <laughs> secrets, because otherwise I feel yeah. like I've done it. Yeah, so, you'll give it all away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like learning, going back to why with the podcast, I feel like learning about other people helps me to learn about myself as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's this beautiful kind of thing that just expands the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah, love that. Um, going back off what you said and about interpreting your work, have you ever produced a piece of work, obviously with a set intention, gone, yeah, that this piece of work is about this. And <laughs> has, has somebody ever gone and interpreted it the complete wrong way that, that you thought that is not what it's about or have you been good so far and it's all been smooth? Hmm. That's really thrown a curveball at me now because I'm trying to think back to conversations and I've definitely had instances where people have seen something different within my photographs yeah a really good which one which you just, haven't seen as well which I haven't seen yeah. and this this throws me back to a life-changing conversation I had with my grandma actually she came over for um boxing day uh dinner at my mum's and I was sat with my computer and I was showing my nan some pictures i'd just been away to scotland and i was showing her pictures of have you seen the old man of store before no i haven't huge rock i'll have to show you afterwards these yeah. huge natural rock formations in scotland it's like a pinnacle it looks like a like a finger well there's a series of them yeah. coming out of the ground basically where rocks have eroded away and left these massive structures in the ground that are probably 30 meters tall so I was showing Nan these pictures and I was so focused on like the technical elements of this yeah. photo. Look, look how good my exposure is, Yeah, man. <laughs> exactly. Look at my aperture, dude. Like <laughs> thinking that I was really cool and, you know, look at these rocks, aren't they awesome? And she was, you know, I just vividly remember her saying, what, don't you see the face in the rocks? And I was a bit like, what the hell are you talking about, Nan? And I, and I zoomed into one of the rocks and she started to point this 
face at it? She goes, there, eyes and a smiley face. And then there's another one over there. It's like man and woman. It's like, and, I, and I was just like, oh my God. I was like, my nan is teaching me about photography. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but she's so in touch with her inner child and her imagination that I'd lost through conformity. Yeah, and she didn't feel silly saying it. No, she didn't feel silly to have voice, yeah. to use her voice, yeah, whereas yeah. you would, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd keep it to yourself, but just that moment of voicing, importance of using your voice again, isn't it? Yeah. Just really left a lasting impact on me, actually, because I've carried that forward with me. I wrote about it in my book, A Year Amongst Trees, how this conversation was basically the result. I mean, the photographs were all a result of this conversation where I started to use my imagination more. I thought, well, if my nan's, you know, in her, the end of her chapters of yeah. life, yeah. why should I wait until the, there to, to be a kid again and to imagine and have fun and just express? So I started to create photos of like, a, like dancing trees and a tree and on a stage and kind of putting a bit of personification behind my photos based on that one conversation. Love that. That's so good. Um, you also asked something else about but imagine if you'd never had that conversation. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. Who would I be right now? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. I love those moments where you meet somebody or have somebody in your life who gives you a little um, nugget of like wisdom. Wisdom. Something. Yeah. Something that makes you in your inside, whatever it is that's inside you, whether it's God or the higher self or whatever you call it, there's something in us that go. Oh, you know, if we listen to that, there's something that peaks, isn't there? Yeah. And that was one of those moments for me where in, in the book, The Alchemist, um, Paolo Coelho would call them omens, things that appear along your own journey that change the way you go or give you a little bit of a hint. And there was one for me. Amazing. And from a family member. Who yeah. Have, who have thought? And from my nan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Little old grandma. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So Brad, what advice would you give to aspiring young people, young entrepreneurs um, that may be struggling with the confines of traditional education? Um, You've got to turn into your nan now and give out a good like nugget of wisdom. Nugget of wisdom. <laughs> I would say to... Get in touch with your curious self and don't be afraid to follow it and don't be afraid to break some rules to get there because rules are there to keep us in place. Yes, in some instances, rules are healthy. Rules can also be in place to for us to follow what somebody else wants us to do, which isn't always the best option. Yeah, well, right for you. For me. Yeah. Because that links to me being controlled and I don't always want that. So we all have something within us when we sit down and be silent that speaks. And that is what I believe is our own personal truth. That's what the creative journey has led me to uncover is me, my story, my truth. So I would say be curious and also be silent and break some rules. Nice. So what's next for Brad <laughs> Carr? <laughs> like, like in the next five, even 10 years, if you, if you plan that far ahead. 10 years. Well, let's, let's go five to 10. Like what do you want to achieve? What do you want to do? I want to be here in the present moment more. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you'd say that. No, no. no I'll, give, I'll give you something juicier now. Uh, <laughs> Creative retreats. Ooh. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are centered around community because I want people to learn from me and I want to learn from people and I want us all to learn from each other. But I also want humanity to focus on some kind of vision in terms of what we actually want to be, what way do we want to go? And that in involves connection, it involves love, it involves 
harmony and it involves being in nature and creating because creativity is healing because we can go to depths within ourselves and express what we want to express and tell our own stories yeah so that is a huge focus for me at the moment um podcast yeah pushing on with the podcast and the videos um and writing because i've got a lot that i need to say um based on what i've already created with my work and i need to give a lot more context so there's another book in the works nice. in fact there's two oh, there's wow. one of them's not a photography creativity book as such it's still creative because i'm writing yeah but definitely the book and i've just been talking to a filmmaker today as well interesting top secret again that one watch your space it's top secret watch your yeah. space well we'll put your uh social media links on yeah. the video so people can check you out and hopefully see some of these up and coming ventures which sound yeah. very exciting and come and get involved in the community that i want to build yeah, community sounds... of explorers healers creatives humans yeah. <laughs> it sounds awesome is there is there a photography slant on that or is that separate from photography photography slant on the creative yeah oh without a doubt photography yeah. will be the the uh, umbrella um but yeah, writing, maybe some poetry if people want to. And just open, deeper conversations yeah, yeah. that empower people as people, not as machines and robots. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Let's claim back some power. <laughs> <laughs>